Welcome to SBL Perspectives, the pulse of school business. And the official podcast of ASBO International. That's right, the official podcast. And I am Dr. Jack Ryan Mitchell here along with the esteemed John Bricado. John Bricado. Um, what an episode we have. I know it's the holiday season. Um, we just had a really good episode too um, prior, but this is very interesting from the aspect of the different roles that this person has been in. So um, if you don't mind, you know, let us just know uh, who we have on today. Absolutely. Today, we have a little bit different of a perspective. We have Jen Coggin. Uh, Jen isn't a public school business official, although she has been in her career prior, but right now she's the director of business uh, at campus planning, design and construction at Stony Brook University. So she's coming to us with a little bit different of a perspective, having been in public K-12 education, but now really just loving what she's doing at the collegiate level. So uh, we dive into what the similarities are, which there are some, uh, but really some interesting funding mechanisms and getting facilities done and getting work yeah. and capital projects completed. So uh, I'm sure you'll mm-hmm. love our conversation today with Jen Coggin. Today on the podcast, we have Jen Coggin. Jen is the Director of Business, Campus Planning, Design, and Construction at Stony Brook University, located in New York. Jen, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Yes, Jen, or should I say, can I call you Jenny? You can. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, we are really excited because for the longest, I got to tell you, John, behind the scenes, uh, Jenny and I are really close. And, you know, I have been asking her probably since last year, to do this podcast episode. So this is she finally long, gave in a long overdue. Yes. And maybe because the holidays, you know, yeah, this feeling is a generous. gift. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. nonetheless, um, we, we love that you're on. And so anyone else, as you've heard the format in the past, we want our listeners to know um, or gain a sense of who you are. So if you don't mind, maybe, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and your, your experience. Sure. Um, I started uh, first in finance. I had a bachelor's of business administration, so I pretty much started there. And I started, I knew I was going to work in schools. My father was a teacher and, you know, I started a private school in Smithtown. So that was a big, you know, so education was a really, really large part of my life. So I knew I would end up in education. So um, I worked at the private school that my father had been one of the founders of in Smithtown. I was this. I worked my way up to the CFO there, and then while I was at uh, the school there, I became. Uh, I got my MBA, went back to school, and um, once I received my MBA, my husband was voted in on a school board and was telling me about this position of a business official in public schools, and I didn't know a lot about public schools. I didn't know a lot about how the office worked and how to even get those positions, but I thought that would definitely be something. I was looking for more of a challenge. Uh, you know, after you do a job for a certain amount of time, uh, you know, you learn it. And so I was ready to kind of get mm-hmm. to the there. So yeah. I went back to Stony Brook University and received my SDBL certification. And once I got that, I think I actually was the one of the last people to take the test right before COVID. So I was a, oh, I wow. passed it, like, and they didn't offer it okay. for a long time after that. So I just wow. got it. <laughs> made it. Man, it <laughs> I got in. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> So I got my certification, and then uh, right after that, I was offered the position at Bridgehampton School District. So mm-hmm. I went over to Bridgehampton, um, and that was a great first job. I stayed there for about a year and a half, and then I, yep. being it was so far from where I lived, I wanted to look for something a lot closer to home. So mm-hmm. I started to uh, look for something closer to home, and a friend of mine had told me about this director of business position, 
uh, at the university. I started as a, a a business coordinator and then moved up to the director of business. Yeah, you're moving up fast there. I've been keeping track, you know. I know. And I, I listen. I remember I'm when I met you. Yeah, but we're moving. And you're a Bridgehampton, and you made the switch. That's why I wanted to have you yeah. on because that's a that's a big yeah. switch. And uh, yeah. we're getting again to it, but you know, Bridgehampton. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we talk a lot about business officials jumping from school district to school district, but I yeah. mean, you went from a public school district to a university. So could you tell us a little bit more about that transition and that change? No, it was uh, it was an interesting transition because I came from the private uh, industry. So I went from private school to public school, K through 12, right to public, uh, public at higher education. So it was definitely... Uh, quite a change for me. (laughs) But uh, what's great is that, you know, the transition wasn't really as hard as I thought it would be. Because when you get down to it, a budget is a budget. So when you're a business official, that's a large part of what you're doing is you're budgeting. Um, You know, I know you have, you know, facilities, you have transportation, you have, you know, lunch schedule or lunch, um, lunch programs and all that. But you know, at the end of the day, you're sticking to the budget, you're sticking to policies, you're sticking to procedures. So that's the same between K through 12 and higher education. So that wasn't um, so much of a difference. Uh, Learning the different policies and procedures were were what really took a lot of time. Uh, So uh, it was where here they do almost line-based budgeting where you have every line is a little profit and loss. You have your allocation and then you have your expenditures, what's encumbered, and then every line goes that way where in um, the K through 12, you you have a bottom line. It's just interesting uh, how they do that. I have a little more flexibility where I can move things here. So, um, so that was a little bit different. Is you know just learning the policies and procedures. Uh, you know, I don't have a board that I'm reporting to, but I have a. You like have that? A president. I'm sure. Yeah, it's a little bit easier, uh, but but believe it or not, things take longer here. So if I wanted, uh-huh. to, uh, you know, ask for an increase or I'm putting out for a position. That could take up to six months um, wow. by, the time, by the time it moves through HR, by the time it moves through. So the timing of how long things wow. take, I had to get used to because in public school, you're used to just presenting to the board and they make a decision that resolution, night and yep. it's done and it's mm-hmm. part of the resolution. You know, you're, it's voted yeah. in, you're done. You know, this this could be months uh, wow. before you can do anything. Well, Jen, it sounds just based on your trajectory and your ascension, you'll be president soon. So maybe you can kind of speed up the process of hiring. What about um, just in, in terms of revenues? I mean, as a school district, our tax levies for the most part are our main revenue source. I'm guessing it's tuition for you. And how do you kind of transition from a, a levy mindset to alternative sources of revenue at a university? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, there are... I can tell you about the facility side, and, and there are so many, uh, there's so much in higher education uh, with the budgeting, like um, the states that the state sets the tuition, it's not the, uh, not the university, so you have to go by what the state sets it at and what you can charge. Uh, you know, you have some flexibility with the fees, but um, that's like the main campus where I, where the part I'm in is facilities. Um, and I really kind of grew a love for facilities when I was at Bridgehampton, we were overseeing a major capital project. The whole school was um, being renovated. And that's when I, you know, that's why I love being this. I really started to learn a lot about facilities. So with facilities, um, the, we have something called a SABOA allocation. And uh, the SABOA is, I think it's a, the State University Business Officials Association. 
And the SOBOA allocation kind of tells us what we're going to get every year, and that is constant. And that's a formula. It takes into three main factors. It's the total academic gross square feet, uh, and then it's academic gross square feet over 40 years old, and then total full-time equivalent students. And then they take a location multiplier based on where you're at in the state. So Long Island has a higher location multiplier because things cost more here than it would mm -hmm. in Buffalo or in Albany and one of those SUNYs. Correct. So once you have that, so for for us this year, uh, and it's based on the total allocation that the you know the governor's budget. So just like state aid, you have your formulas for the K through 12. We have it for ours, especially uh, facilities. They break apart facilities and then uh, tuition and all of that. We're completely separate. Interesting. Gotcha. So, so listen, that was my next question actually about facilities. I know you're in that and you're involved. Um, in particular, you still deal with SED, and that's one of the things we talked about. So and. You know, just the dynamic, and I hope that our, our executive director is listening because I want him to actually hear this, you know, <laughs> and understand that, hey, listen, you know, there is another space. You know, we focus on K-12, there is higher ed as well, um, and you represent that. But maybe, you know, let me just ask if you could allay some of the differences, I guess, we're dealing with SED now versus how you dealt with them in the past with the school district. And I guess also you mentioned this formula, which is, it sounds like a different dynamic, right? right. Um, but what is in general, I'm asking a couple of questions here, I guess the size and scope of some of your projects, you know, okay. and, and maybe, maybe walk us through one, you know, a project if you can. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, the, the difference is, uh, you know, I definitely deal with facilities all the time, but they, we have a state university construction fund that we deal with the most. Uh, and they're the ones that, um, you know, they hold they hold our checkbook, basically. So we have to we submit project requests to them and the Department of Budget. So it's a little bit different in how things are how things are allocated and how things are done. So uh, it's a different area of, of the New York State uh, facilities. So it's a little different than the school district, but we still have to get approvals. We still, uh, what's mm -hmm. amazingly still the same is procurement. Our procurement rules, our bidding rules, all that kind of stuff is very similar because it's state. Okay, um, is that approval process long though? Not to interrupt you, but I'm curious. Uh, it it's getting it's getting longer. Uh, you know, recently. like weeks, months, kind of thing. Months, months like six. Okay, months okay, now. just kidding. But uh, go ahead, know, continue. Because we have sure. MWE, uh, MWBE, um, oh, like 30%. Uh, yeah. We have those yep. things that have to get, we have restrictions. We have, um, and then it has to, you know, a lot, by the time things get approved for procurement, the bid process, it takes, it's taking longer and longer and our thresholds keep changing. So, you know, it, that kind of adds time to certain things. Um, so we deal with SUCF um, and and they uh, they manage like the capital projects, the property asset data, and all that kind of stuff. Um, your our MWBE resources, emergency procedures. Um, what's different is that at a K through 12 school, the budget's created and presented to the community by the school board. But in higher education uh, and the facilities, the campuses, like I said, we receive that allotment. So they kind of oversee the allotment that we get. Um, so for this year, we this our SOBOA allocation is 29 million. So we have 29 million to work on all of our projects here when, when buildings break down, when something breaks, a water main breaks, things like that, which happens all the time because you have older mm -hmm. facilities on campus. Sure. So you have that 29 million, and then you also uh, can apply for lump funding. And lump funding is something you apply for, and it's given on a needs basis. So 
each campus has certain needs and basically you're petitioning the state and saying, we really have this emergency project or we need this for this, you know, for this uh, project. So then we'll, they'll award loan funding. So just for example, this year we got 89 million for wow. loan funding. And then um, on top of that, uh, the state, uh, the governor um, allocated $100 million in research funding to two flagships, which would be University of Buffalo and Stony Brook University. So we received an additional $100 million in uh, research funding for research, uh, new research buildings. That's great. So now we're working on that. So uh, that led us, that led us with $218 million this year uh, to get our projects through and get them done. So the 29 million we burned through very quickly. Um, you know, our projects go from uh, 150,000, which would be considered M up until 150 is considered it's called M funding, and M funding is for um, like little emergencies, little things break where you know it's 30,000 renovation here, 40,000 renovation there. So we have a certain amount that we allot to that, and then anything over 150,000 is capital projects. So, um, you know, the scope can be anything from 150 to where, where one of the things we're working on is a multidisciplinary engineering building, that's 125 million. Um, an Institute for Discovery and Innovation in Medicine, that's about 76 million, I think. So, um, so the scopes can go from, you know, zero to 100 million or so. So it's, it's they're very large projects and uh, keeping track of them is a lot of fun. That's, that's what I do. And, and I'm sure we can have an entire episode on this alone, but who's involved in this decision-making and planning? Because I mean, in a school district, it's typically the business official, the board, the superintendent have a vision for what they'd like to see done. And we have building condition surveys in New York that kind of lay just the basics and what needs to get finished and, and completed. But what about you at Stony Brook? So at Stony Brook, uh, we have a vice president of facilities and services, and um, he actually was just um, he was just appointed in August, I believe. So he's putting together it's called an FMP, a facilities master plan. And once we have that together, that's going to really that will align with the president's vision for the university. And once that's together, that steers the direction of where we're going with our capital projects and where our funding is going to be going. Uh, right now, it's it's just been you know as uh, on a need basis, like what what's our biggest need at the moment. But right, but now we're going to get some direction, and we're going to head in that direction, um, you know, with our with our projects and allocate allocate it appropriately, you know, as as this plan comes about. So That's there's great. a lot lot of things happening at Stony Brook and a lot of growth um, growth coming. So a hundred percent. Sony Brook, I mean, it's it's awesome, and you know yeah. what? And we have Every the government I, initiative we just won, you know. So yeah, we, I remember we talked about that. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. And I know really, Jenny, in speaking with you, that you know how much you really love your job, you know. Um, and, and I mean, it exudes every time we have discussions about what you're doing there and what's transpiring. Um, but for those listening, you know, what do you really like about your job the most? Well, what stands out? I think what I love the most is I never know what the day is going to hold. And I think that even as a business official in K through 12, I think you two probably have the same issues that I have. You have mm -hmm. a, this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to come in and I'm going to get this done. And, you know, there's a water main break and all bets are <laughs> off or, you know, one of the buses broke down or, you know, something yep. like that. Well, it's my day is very similar. It's like, oh, this broke. We need funding right away. Where can we get it? Uh, and and just dealing with facilities, I really um, 
nothing is, you just never know what you're going to get hit with when you walk in. And I think that that is the most fun for me. I love the challenge of that, of just never really knowing uh, what my day is going to be. And that's, I think that's where I thrive the best is, is stress. So this is love perfect. It. It's going to keep you on your toes and you're never bored. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you had mentioned in the, in the uh, early stages of your career, you were in the private sector. Can you kind of just do a little comparison for us um, on your experiences in the private sector versus the public sector? I mean, I know that's probably a lot to unpack and, you know, my, my immediate thought is just the, how expeditious you could be in the private sector versus all the red tape in, in government. But maybe you could give us just a, a little bit of a glimpse on kind of your experience and maybe pros and cons of coming from private to, to public. Yeah, um, I think the, the biggest thing is that the private schools don't have the same mandates that, that public schools have. So we have, um, when you're in the private, private school, uh, nothing is regulated. You know, your transportation, you're going to contract that out privately. So there's no bidding process, there's no procurement process, really you have complete and utter control over what, you know, what lunch services you want, what you want to serve for lunch, sure. you know, like everything is, uh, is in, like you said, expediency, that's the number one, uh, number one difference is, you know, basically the CFO and the superintendent and that team are making the decisions. It's not going to a procurement. It's not going to bid. It's not going, you know, you you set up your own policies and procedures. Uh, so there still are, but you're setting them. It's not the state setting them. Um, one of the things that is different that I didn't really know about, like they have a report that private schools have to file, which was, it's called mandated services. And mandated services is so intrinsic and and difficult to to you know you're you're putting through like taking attendance so there that is state funding that the private schools do get is from this mandated services or from title services those are basically your only two uh you know usually the lunch program that's up to the school if they want it if they want to apply for the new york state or not so that those would be the big differences is definitely expediency and your own inability to influence um you know the process of policies Wow. Well, I feel like we learned so much. I mean, uh, you know, even talking to you prior to this, uh, I thought I knew a lot coming in to our podcast, but it sounds like, you know, you really uh, have embarked on a great, great um, career there. So, you know, as we come to close here, um, as of anyone we have on here, we always like to ask for any piece of advice, you know, our guests can offer, uh, whether it be to a new or seasoned SBO. Um, and I mean, you're in a, in a, unique position too, because you've worked um, in many facets, you know, private school, as well as now in your higher ed, and you've been also in the K through 12 space. But um, what do you think you could offer to any of our listeners right now? I would say if you're a new business official, um, you know, especially coming from the private sector in, give yourself a good three years to really, really know what's going on. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the first year okay. you're kind of watching and learning. And, uh, and then the second year, like, oh, I remember this. We're not doing it this way again. <laughs> and then the third year mm -hmm. is like when you're like, I own this, you know, and it, it's like yeah. it takes some time to really get in there and True. say, this is, you know, so give yourself the three years. Don't get impatient. And, you know, I remember when I first started, I had to learn everything so quickly and I was just reading so much and, and a little stressed because coming from private to public and going right to the top, it's like, oh, wow, I have a lot to learn. Um, yeah. But give yourself that grace to, to learn and, and figure things out. And then for seasoned business, business officials, what I would say is to be flexible. 
I think that okay. a lot of times, you know, we can come in and say, this is how it should be done. But I've learned a lot from my employees where they're like, well, you know, you could do it this way, or this is how I do it. And it's like, oh, that actually would work. Um, so to be flexible, to be willing to learn different ways of doing, you know, what you would do standard a certain way, it could, there are other ways or there might be other um, other avenues to to look into doing things and just listen to, to what they have to say. That would be my advice. Very nice. Advice says. And so what about the holidays? While we have you on before we cut off, how's looking your end? Are you prepared, uh, you know, for the upcoming season here? I'm Uh, getting there. Family and friends. Christmas time. Got all the gifts. Yep. I'm working (laughs) on it. Good stuff. Great. Well, we love that you're able to take the time in this holiday season to come on. So we appreciate you for that. Yeah, Jen, thank you so much for your time today. And a really interesting perspective going from private to a couple different public jobs. So uh, it sounds like you're loving what you're doing. And uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, like Jack said, I'll be keeping tabs on you. I'm sure you'll be uh, president soon or something like that. Just based on your, yeah. your trajectory. Uh-huh. <laughs> but at any rate, thank you awesome. so much for your time today. Oh, thank you guys. It was fun. Thank you again for tuning into SBO Perspectives. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Jen today. Really fascinating and uh, yeah. a little bit behind oh. the scenes on how universities, public universities work in New York. Jen is great, you know, and you can yeah. tell she's such a fast learner. But, um, you know, having the private, that's one thing, right? Going over to public. But then going from public to where we are, K-12, right. into higher ed. I mean, it's it's amazing. She and facilities at that. So she knows her stuff. Um, you can tell, like I said, she's loving her job. Um, and so we hope that you guys lean on this because, you know what? We never know how we're going to land and where we are. And, right. you know, we know there's no real, I guess... Uh, you know, blueprint for yeah. us, right? Like you said, be flexible, officials. right? You yeah. Know. And you know, what's funny is that, um, and not to really kind of belabor this, but she is still part of Asthma New York, which right. is interesting enough. And, uh, you know, we saw her obviously at the, at the conference. And so um, she's staying involved. And I guess it does apply in many respects. So for those out there, you know, you could be in a K through 12, right? You could be in private or you could be in, in higher ed. Um, and we're still right. here with the same perspective. So um, we thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. And we hope you're enjoying the holiday season. Yeah, thanks everyone.